I'm Matt. I'm Ashley. And this is Mashley at the the Movies. Alright, we're reviewing the new James Bond movie called No Time to Die. Uh, It's Daniel Craig's fifth and final Bond film. It's directed by uh, Kerry Joji Fukunaga. And do you remember the last James Bond movie, Spectre, from six years ago? No? <laughs> well, you're not going to know what's going on in this movie. <laughs> uh, no, this is a fairly direct sequel to, the, to Spectre. Um, in that film, Bond fell in love with uh, um, a, a, a woman. And I'm probably going to mangle this name, but the actress is Leah Sedu. And... She plays uh, Madeline, and yeah, they fell in love, and then at the end of that movie, Bond kind of decided, I guess, to retire, and that's where we pick up in this movie. He's retired and um, living in a beautiful European settings with with Madeline, and um, and then some action takes place. People try to kill him. It's a Bond movie, right? We also see a flashback in the very opening part of this film to Madeline's childhood, a man comes to kill her father, who's Mr. White, who we saw in some of the earlier Daniel Craig films, and and then lets her doesn't kill her though. Um, this is all the first twenty minutes, which is before the credits even roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when after the credits are done rolling, it's f- five years later, mm-hmm. and that's when the primary bulk of the action takes place. Um, the main villain in this, uh, played by Rami Malek, his name is Safin. He um, plays, he's basically um, uh, got a hold of some DNA altering, not DNA altering. It's a, it, it's, it's a, it's a weapon, a bio weapon that latches on a certain DNA and kills whoever's DNA that is. Mm-hmm. And the, that's the, that's the villain. That's, that's the weapon. Lots of, lots of people getting beat up real good. <laughs> and, <laughs> Anyway, that's uh, No Time to Die. Ashley, what did you think? So I, I don't remember Spectre very well, and I haven't seen it since it came out and didn't think it was all that great of a, of a movie. And so I actually felt kind of lost um, during the first, I would say, third of this movie, and I just kept trying to think, you know, mm-hmm. all will be explained um, you know, there's, I'm supposed to be a little mystified because this is a mystery and, you know, it'll all be explained. And it is, I mean, you can kind of piece things together, but I did feel just a little lost. And I know, um, we saw this with a friend who hasn't seen very many Bond films and he was quite lost throughout this film. That was the first thing he said after he came out. So I think some previous experience, certainly with the, the Daniel Craig Bond films is, is really needed here. Um, I feel like the Daniel Craig Bond movies are kind of a mixed bag. I think they're extremely well-made, well-acted, well-shot. Um, from a technical standpoint, I think they're they're wonderful. Um, I kind of miss the old-school Bond movies in a way, just in, in, in how fun they were or how they seemed to have fun as their primary goal. These seem to be much more serious a lot of the time. And they're still fun at times, but a lot of the fun has been sacrificed, I feel, for 
um, this this level of seriousness and and darkness. And this is actually quite a dark dark film. Um, I, I don't know. Like I said, they're they're well made, and I didn't hate this movie. I actually quite enjoyed some of it. It's just not one I ever want to see again. I doubt I'll ever sit down and watch this one. Whereas some of the older Bond films <laughs> that I know that I that I know are not technically all that great, um, I'm much more likely to sit down and watch some of those um, just because they're fun. Um, so I don't know. It's not a bad movie. But I was a little confused. I feel like it's a little long. This is a long movie. How long is it? This is uh, two hours and 45 minutes. Right. Yeah. So and I, fe- I think it felt a little long. You know, a, a good movie doesn't feel long, even if it is long. Mm-hmm. But this one felt a little long to me. I felt like um, it meandered a, a bit too much. Um, yeah. I'm right there with you um, uh, as far as the, the Bond era that I prefer, which actually is more like Roger Moore's era. Um <laughs> But before I get into waxing nostalgic about old Bond movies, I'll talk about this one. That's mm-hmm. why we're here. Um, yeah, I would say overall, I liked this. Uh, it is too long, in my opinion. Um, it, it, you know, the thing I was thinking about is in, it, historically, I do feel like Bond movies kind of do tend to meander. They sort of have their moments, but then they sort of, sort of twist and turn. Um, and sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. The difference is the Bond movies used to be shorter. So if you're going to meander a bit, then, you know, brevity comes in handy there. I mean, this is, this is approaching three hours. And after a while, you know, it gets a bit tedious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you and I were at dinner earlier and I made this, I thought of this analogy. I don't know <laughs> if it's a great analogy, but I'm going to use it because not only Bond, but blockbusters in general these days tend to do this where there comes a, I'm with them, right, for a while. And then there comes a point where they they obviously, I mean, and, and this is good in a way, but like the people making the movie are really into it. They really believe it. They think this is some super important stuff that they're putting up on the screen. And it, they kind of drag it out, in my opinion, especially in the climax area. It's and after a point, I'm just like, I feel I feel to myself thinking like, I am not thinking that this is as important as the people who made it. And the analogy I thought of is, you know, let's say you got like a, a niece or a nephew or something and you're visiting them and they want to show you stuff. They want to show you something like, like their toy collection or something. And so they start showing you whatever. And at first you're like, oh, this is so precious. <laughs> this is so adorable. This is so cute. Half an hour later, when they're still pulling out stuff or showing, and you're like, oh, this, they're really, they're really excited about this. And I'm, just not anymore. <laughs> um, that's kind of how I feel like with modern day blockbuster movies. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, this, this is not bad. I tell you, it has a lot of callbacks. It has some callbacks to like Dr. No. It has, uh, there's a, a brief scene and, and if you don't know what you're looking at, you won't know it, but like there's a, a hallway that a scene takes place in at, at MI6 and you see uh, paintings of former M's, you know, so you see like Judy Dench, you see Robert Brown. Uh, I like that. Um, the total calling back to On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which featured the theme and song, um, you know, We Have All the Time in the World. Um, I got a little, I'll tell you, by the end of this movie, you know, we're not, this is a new movie, we're not doing spoilers, but at the end of the movie, I, I had to fight back some tears. And, and one of the reasons is because, you know, the late, great Louis Armstrong, he's been gone 50 years now, and 
his voice plays over the end credits right as the movie ends. Mm-hmm. So I just, I was a little touched, you know, uh, half a century after his death, he, his voice now resonates um, in movie auditoriums all across the world. And I like that. Um, Daniel Craig is not my favorite Bond, but he's, he's really good in this. I think he gives it his all. Um, I really like LaShonda Lynch as the, the new 007. I think she's good. I always like Ben Whishaw. Um, Christoph Waltz is in this. He was Inspector. I felt he's under under just a waste of talent here in both movies. Uh, and Rami Malek uh, is the villain. And this is a, one of the weaker villains. And, and uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'll say about that. And a little too similar, I think, at least in, in appearance to the uh, villain from Skyfall. Um, but it got me thinking, like, in, in Bond movies past, you know, I actually haven't been as into the villains as I have sort of like the henchmen. You know, you had like Oddball, uh, not Oddball, Oddjob, <laughs> uh, Jaws, you had Mayday, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm sure I'm forgetting some here, but, you know, there's a lot Nick, of... Knickknack. Knickknack, yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, cool villains and, and, and uh, yes, uh, henchmen. And sometimes the villains in Bond movies just, you think, I feel like, sometimes you feel like you think you're getting, oh, like somebody really good, you know. Like I remember Inspector, I'm like, they announced Christoph Waltz was going to be the villain. And I'm like, stand back. This is going to be awesome. And then I'm watching the movie and it's just uh, like, no, this isn't working. You, I mean, there's a history of that. I mean, you've got, uh, you know, Christopher Lee, a wonderful, iconic actor. His turn as a Bond villain, eh, you know, it's all right. So, you know, this is nothing new, I guess. <laughs> um, I love the score. Um, I think I read that the Hans uh, Zimmer does the, the score. And um, it's, it's quite good. And again, in the score, there's some callbacks to, to old Bond. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot to like here. There's also, unfortunately, some things to the, kind of bring it down. Yeah, I agree with you about, um, Rami Malek. I, you know, he's a, he's a good actor. He's not one of my favorite actors, but he's a good actor. Um, but I felt like, um, yeah, he just didn't project the level of evil or the, the level of, um, he, you just weren't frightened of him like I think you you were supposed to be. And he never came across as menacing enough for me. Um, so, however, I do think he does feature in the, uh, the uh, opening sequence. And the opening sequence of the, of the film, I think, is the strongest part of it. So, you know, Bond movies always have like an, an opening before the credits. And this one is, you know, like the rest of the movie, this, was an, this one is extended. It's quite a long opening part. Um, but I thought that was really first frightening and then exciting and intriguing. And unfortunately, I don't think the movie ever quite lived up to that, that promising opening. Um, yeah, I wish the rest of the movie had been able to maintain kind of that level of menace and, and, uh, and excitement. That's not to say that there aren't some really good action sequences. There, there really are some amazing um, shots and, you know, car chases and what you would expect in a, in a Bond movie. And they're all done really well. Um, so I, I don't think you'll necessarily be disappointed in the action, but I think the pacing is a little slow. 
a little meandering, like we said before, and that might kind of distract you. And uh, yeah, it kind of lowered my appreciation of the of the movie overall. I would agree with that. Um, <laughs> you know, this is set now for a new Bond, right? And I don't know who that's going to be. Um, I feel like Bond has sort of had a, the James Bond movies have sort of had a bit of an identity crisis the last few years because they've, you know, it's such an old franchise. It'll be 60 years old uh, next year that, you know, they're trying to keep up with the times. But I would argue sometimes I think certain movies have kind of done Bond better than Bond. Uh, I'm thinking of like the Bourne movies mm. with Matt Damon and then uh, definitely Mission Impossible films. So uh, Daniel Craig, I think, has has kept this ship afloat. And, you know, Casino Royale, actually, Casino Royale is like, like my third favorite Bond movie. I actually like this one a bit better than Casino Royale. Hmm. Um, but Skyfall is great. Yeah. Um, but a lot of that had to do with sort of like Judy Dench. And I like, I loved her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know where they're going to take this. Uh, one thing I hope they drop is this interconnectedness of, of the films. It's, it's a too heavy handed. I mean, I don't mind, you know, yeah, Bond has always had this, some of the same characters pop up like M and Money Penny, mm-hmm. uh, Q. So that's nothing new, but yeah, I mean, you know, if you haven't sat down and like rewatched some of the Daniel Craig movies before you go to see this one, I don't know if anything's, I mean, some things might ring a distant bell. Other things you just be like, I don't know. I'm just kind of here for the ride. Right. Yeah. I just feel like, and it's not just in Bond films, but in maybe in movies in general, along with this idea that movies have to be more serious and less fun, um, is this idea of a continuing or a story arc that has to be in place. You can't just have a standalone film anymore. It it all has to be part of a grander picture. Mm -hmm. You know, that's fine, but I really miss just having a little standalone film. Yeah. Um, which is what the Bonds movies always were. Yeah, you're right. They were recurring characters, but, you know, they didn't have this big story arc. Um, and, you know, you, that happens, that's happening more on television. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, folks, we're digressing for a second, <laughs> but, you know, it happens more on television these days. The difference there is television comes out, you know, sequentially. It comes out maybe at most a week between episodes. Uh, and some shows even come out, you know, all at once so you can binge watch a full season. Mm-hmm. So if there is a story arc over like a season, um, you know, you're not adrift as far as following it usually. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, I mean, look, <laughs> yeah, this movie's been delayed, but still, I think it was supposed to come out in March or April last year. So that's still, um, four and a half years after Spectre. And now we're at six years. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, come on, man, you know, you got, you, uh, you're expecting people, I think you're giving people a little bit more credit to, it, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. This stuff, I mean, this stuff is really important to the Bond filmmakers. In my opinion, <laughs> not so much to your casual moviegoer. Right. So, um, I think those things weigh it down a bit. Um, but you know, I think it's, it's a certainly a, a beautiful, well-made movie. Um, I'm kind of split on recommending it because uh, obviously if you're a fan of the Bond films, you're going to see this and I think you'll probably like it. Mm-hmm. If you're just a casual moviegoer who's debating like, I don't know, you know, I mean, sure, Bond, I might go, but you don't remember a lot from the Daniel Craig era, you know, 
I don't know, go to Wikipedia and brush up. <laughs> so what do you give this out of 10? Um, well, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I give it a 7.1. So I don't know what that is. That's a 7, let's say 7.1 total from <laughs> us. Okay. Uh, tomato meter, it's got a certified fresh from critics of 84% and an audience score of 89%. So, you know, hey, man, people are liking this. Yeah. People, people are digging the final, <laughs> the final uh, Daniel Craig film for Bond. So, yeah, uh, 7.1 from us. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.